You ever feel like uh, you got on the marigold of life, the marigold round of life? It's just, it's just a rat race, and you didn't, you didn't sign up for it. It's just, it just is the way everybody. It's like everybody's on this marigold round, and you have to get on. It's called life, and and you're on the the marigold round of life, and it's just spinning and it's spinning and. And you're supposed to be achieving, and you think there's a destination, and you're, you're trying to get there, but you don't know how to get there, and you don't even really know where there is. And you, you think, man, you, you get to starting to have kids, and, and after a while, you're like, I'm just an ATM and an Uber driver that doesn't get paid. That's, that's what I am. That's all I do. I'm on this rat race, and, and there just doesn't seem to be any end to it. And I'm tired. I feel like I've walked a thousand miles trying to achieve something I'm not even sure is there to achieve. And, and I, even when I get there, I don't even know where there is. Well, what does it look like when I get there? I don't even know what the there there is. And and, and yet you, you look around, you're like, well, maybe that's it. And maybe if, maybe if I strive there and, and, and you, you think, no, that's not it. And maybe if I strive over there, I'll, I'll, I'll finally get something that I'm not even sure what it is. And at the end of the day, it's hard for me to describe if I actually reached the destination of the striving that I'm doing, if I actually reached it, what would that be? What, what is it that I'm actually looking for? See, I, I could be wrong, but I think all of us, you know, if we were going to peel it all back down to its, its final source, if we could peel it all the way back to its source, I think what we're actually looking for is peace. And I need to turn my, oh, somebody else did it for me. That's a miracle. Oh, man. So, peace. It's what, it's what we're looking for. And see, when we strive and we strive and we strive, and at the end of it, we don't have it, well, what do we do with it? Because that's disillusionment, and I don't know what to do with the disillusionment. And maybe it was this relationship that I thought would bring it to me, but it didn't. Maybe it was that job that I thought would bring it, but that didn't. Maybe it was that career choice that I thought, if I just chase that, that'll give it, but that didn't do it. And so at, after a while, I've got this trail of brokenness behind me, and I don't know what to do with it, and so we just drown it. We, we, don't, we don't know what else to, to do to, to get to whatever it is that we're trying to get to. So we drown it in more work. We drown it in another career choice. We, we drown it in, in drugs and alcohol. We, we drown it in relationship after relationship. We, we drown it in all of those things. And we, but we, don't, we just don't know how to get this. And, and this is one of those really tricky words, right? It's, it's, how do you define peace? Well, just don't be violent. You know, I don't know. What, 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 what is peace? Peace is like trying to describe to your five-year-old, you know, when your five-year-old comes up to you and he's like, Mommy, what's a soul? And you're like, uh, okay, well, that's going to, that, um, that's a little hard to describe, right? So 
Peace is kind of like that, and maybe that's the reason why, and it's not tangible, it's not something you can just grab a hold of, so it's, it's hard to describe, and it's hard to grab a hold of. But here's the thing, how you and I define peace will determine where you and I seek it. How you, how you define it will determine where you're seeking it. And maybe, maybe if, if you've been seeking it in the wrong places, it just seems always out of reach. See, if I was going to kind of sum up, I think, you know, a, a grand total, and you might argue with this, I don't know, but um, if I was going to, you know, take a, a test of all of us in the room, those of you online, you know, how would you define peace, or would you disagree with this, you know, definition? I, I would think we would all probably maybe get on board, like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe this is what peace, peace is. And I would think the majority of Americans maybe would define peace, you know, as, as the absence of stress. You know, so we, we all, our best case scenario is to just get it in, in, in snippets. So peace is when I'm, lay, you know, I'm laying on the beach looking at the ocean. That, that's peace. You know, it's a, it's a mountaintop. When I'm on that mountaintop and I'm looking at the view, it's, that, that's it for me, you know. Maybe it's a sunset I, and I watch that. It's just so peaceful. Maybe it's on a, you know, a mountain stream. Maybe, you know, if you have kids and you're a mama, you're, you're like, nap time. That's, that's peace for, for me. See, I, I think in, in some ways we think peace equals the absence of stress. So what is your greatest source of stress right now? Now, we have it a little bit dark in here, and that's, there's a reason we do that, so you can't cut eyes at, at one another, right? So don't be looking at your spouse, you know, elbows, no elbows. You know, what is your greatest source of stress? And you're like, well, my greatest source of stress, Eric, is work. Work, work is my greatest source of stress. You know, it's my in-laws, Eric. Ooh, my in-laws are the greatest source of stress. For some of you, it's your children. For some of you, it's your parents. For some of you, it's a coworker. For some of you, it's financial. For some of you, it's your health. It's your greatest source of stress. It, no matter how you define what your source of stress is, I would imagine it probably falls into one of these three categories. It's a place, it's a problem, or it's a person. It's, it's a place, it's it's work, Eric. That, that's it. it. My work is so competitive that, you know what, I live for the weekends because at least I get a little bit of, you know, uh, reprieve on the weekends from the stress of going to work. For some of you, it's home, and that's why you don't come home from work because you don't want to go home because home is stressful for you. For others of you, it might be school, right? School, it's, oh, it's, that's a place of stress. For some of you, it's a problem. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe it's a career problem. Maybe it's a job problem. Maybe it's a health problem. 
And, and, you're, and you're thinking, if I could just get past this problem, then things would kind of iron out, and, and, and at the end of it, I could have some peace. For others of you, it's a person. It's your mother-in-law. It's your father-in-law. It's a sibling. It's a parent. It's, it's, it's a child. It's, it's, it's a teacher. It's, it's a student. It's, it's someone in your life. It's an it's extended family member. It's someone in your life, and it just they just bring so much stress. And yet, if, if the definition for us of, of peace is the lack of stress, then, then there's a sense in which we need to fix the problem. We need to get rid of and, 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 and remove Let's fix it, change it, remove it. And so we, we say, you know what? I wish I could fix, change, or remove. What, what would you put in the blank this morning? It, I wish I could fix him. I wish I could fix her. I, I wish I could fix my health problem. I wish I could fix my finance. I, I just wish I could fix me. I, I wish I could fix. What is it? Because if I could fix that, then I'm pretty sure I could, on the other end of it, I could have peace. If, if I just changed it, maybe if I changed jobs, maybe if I changed the town I'm living in, maybe if I, you know, if, maybe if I changed career paths, maybe if I changed something, that, on the other end of that, I would run into something that would bring me peace. Because right now, no matter where I go and what I do, I'm not finding it there. Maybe if I remove it, maybe if I just get, get rid of it, I'd have peace. But see, the problem with this is we, we think if we fixed it and we, you know, we changed from this job to this job, all of a sudden it's like, well, that, this job, it's stressful too. And I didn't think it was going to be as stressful as that job, and, but this one has a whole other different set of stresses. And, 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 Maybe it's like, you know, if I fix that problem, another problem comes up. If I, you know, ditch that relationship, then I ha I'm into a, a different relationship. And that one is kind of ending up like the last one. And, and we end up in a never-ending loop of searching for peace and no stress. And that's all it is. It's never-ending Because it doesn't exist. You can't find it. And that's one reason why we get to this place of so, so much utter brokenness. We just, we just don't know what to do. And, and we're, we, we have a very difficult time believing that we could ever experience peace in this life if we ever actually get to the place where we can name it and say, yep, that is what it is I'm looking for. See, if no matter what I do or where I go, this life always has stress, is peace even possible? If, if this life, no matter what I do, no matter what I achieve, if if this life just continues to have stress, is peace even possible?
See, I think Jesus enters into that question and, 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 and this, the song that we opened up with. I mean, I've walked a thousand miles. This is what it is, this, this hope that I think is out there. And maybe the hope is that maybe there's peace at the end. Is, is it just a fantasy? Is it just a fantasy that actually isn't there? And Jesus comes and he speaks into this, this question that I think all of us wrestle with. His guys were definitely wrestling with it. His posse, his, his, his disciples around him, you know, they're thinking that Jesus is going to set up a, a physical kingdom. He's going to be the king. They're going to be his right-hand men. Life's going to be good. And so they're just kind of patiently waiting, hoping, and, uh, and, and Jesus wasn't actually working on their timeline, and they couldn't really figure it out. But Jesus gives them a heads up and says, hey, just so you know, um, I'm going to be leaving, and where I'm going, you can't come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Jesus was causing them some stress, right? Because they're like, no, 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 that's not the plan. No, 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 Jesus, that's not the plan. The plan is you're going to set up your physical kingdom here on earth. We are right underneath you. We, we can't be number one, but we want to be number two. And, uh, and so that's the way it's supposed to go down. And Jesus is just like, hey, I want you to trust me. And so I'm going to let you know up front what's going to happen to me. That I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be crucified. That I'm going to leave. And where I'm going, you can't come. But if I go, I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send you my spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 25, it says, I'm telling you, Jesus says, I'm telling you these things. He's talking to his guys. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. And I'm telling them to you right now so that when they happen, you can be like, oh, he told us about this. Like we should have known. We just didn't want to see it because we didn't, we didn't want it to happen this way. But we can trust him. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So I'm leaving, but I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And the, and the Spirit of God, when you make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, Jesus says, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you the gift of my Spirit. And I'm going to give you another gift. And he shares that in the next verse. I'm leaving you with a gift. It's not a tangible gift. It's not a gift that you're going to open, you know, like a box and take the wrapping paper off of and, and look in and, and be able to grab a hold of and, 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 and touch it. I'm, I'm leaving you with a gift way greater than that. This isn't a tangible thing. This is something that happens on the inside of you. And it's a gift. It's not something that you achieve to. You could never achieve to it. I'm leaving you with a gift. There's our word, peace. I'm going to leave you a gift, and, and that gift I'm, is, is peace of mind and peace of heart. You could trust me. I'm leaving you a gift. The gift is really what it is that you're striving and searching for, 
But in all your searching and all of your striving, you're never going to strive your way to it, even though the world says that you can. But I'm going to give it to you. You see, the peace I give is a gift the world can't give. No matter how hard we try, no matter how hard you try, you're watching online, no matter how hard you try, the world can't give it to you. As much as they want to market it to you, as much as we try to chase it, the world cannot provide it. It's a gift given to us by our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. So don't be troubled or afraid. See, the reason the world can't give it to you is because the world offers you a win-then kind of peace. Well, when I get that job, then. When we make that much money, then. When I get to drive that car, when, when we get that car, then. When, when I'm able to purchase and have that tractor, when I'm able to have this level of, of lifestyle, when, 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 when I get that, you know, I marry that person, oh, then. That's the best the world can give us is a when-then kind of peace. When I have that career, when I go to that school, when I get that degree, when I have this set of friends, and we strive and we strive for it. And sometimes I think we set our children up for failure, and I'm all about achieving, and I'm all about education, but sometimes we lose sight of the end. Because in the middle of the education and in the middle of the achieving, we're just like, hey, the end of this is that you would get a good paying job and be able to have a really nice lifestyle, and that equals, and we don't tell them this, but they're thinking maybe that equals contentment, satisfaction, some peace, and it doesn't. See, some of you, you've told your spouse, hey, I want you to carry this ginormous rock and, and I just need you to hold it for a while because when we get here, and I, then, then, you know what, we're going to be golden. And so you, you give your spouse this rock to hold and they want to serve, they, they really want to do their best for you and so they're holding on to this rock and it, it's so big, and they hold on to it, and they hold on to it while you're over here trying to achieve the then, but the then never comes, and, you, and, and pretty soon your spouse just drops the rock. They not want to. They just, just couldn't hold on to it any longer because then doesn't exist. And even if you got to the shelf that you thought you were shooting for. At the back of it, at the bottom of it, peace isn't found there. It always needs to be a little bit bigger and a little bit more. You see, <clears throat> Jesus can offer you the gift of his presence because he's offering, because he offers you the promise of his presence. 
Jesus predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection, and then he pulled it off. So I'm just going to go with him. That's why I follow him. And if he predicted his death, burial, and resurrection, and he pulled it off, then I believe him when he says that his presence is with me all the time. And I believe him when he says, I'm going to give you the gift of peace, of heart and mind. See, peace isn't the absence of stress. It's the presence of God in the middle of the stress. We, we think it's the absence of stress, but the absence of stress is only for just a short little tidbit, right? I mean, at the, at the end of the, you know, at the end of whatever it is we're achieving, it's just a moment. I mean, that moment on the beach is just simply a moment. That moment on the mountain is just simply a moment. That, that evening of relaxation and you, you know, you drink a glass of wine and you're just like, oh, that's so great. Next morning, you go on vacation. Man, Cancun was unbelievable. It's like, oh, but then the week's up. You're like, maybe I could go on permanent vacation. Right? See, Peace isn't the absence of stress, and, I, and I'm not saying you shouldn't reduce some stress, because I think you probably should. But don't fool yourself. That doesn't equal peace. Peace isn't the absence of stress. It's the presence of God in the stress. Me minus my problem, we think, equals peace. <laughs> no. Me plus his presence equals peace. This is what's so extraordinary to me, and maybe this is brand new to you. Jesus' presence is not a variable that changes. Every single thing the world offers you and says at the end of this, if you have enough of this, you're going to have peace, it's a variable. And at the end of it, since it's a variable and, and it doesn't produce for you what you're thinking it was going to produce, you think, well, maybe I need less of it. Maybe I need more of it. Maybe I don't have enough of it. Maybe I went in the wrong direction. It's always a variable. It's a moving target. And Jesus' presence is not a variable. It never, ever changes. Take it to the bank count on it. And it's a gift given to you when you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. When you put all of your weight on, on him, when you're like, okay, Jesus, I, I'm coming to the end of me. And so I'm just surrendering. I, I, I just, I'm just going to surrender it all to you, Jesus. I'm surrendering you my life. So wherever you want to take me, whatever it is you want to do with me, I'm open to that. And would you give me the gift of your peace of heart and mind? The best way I know how to illustrate this to you is kind of bizarre. 
Um, and so if you're watching online, this is going to be kind of really bizarre for you. Um, those of you in-house, this is going to be a little bizarre as well. But um, for just a moment, trust me, it's not going to stay this way forever. Um, I'm going to ask uh, the light guys to just turn all of the lights off. So um, I have the pleasure of being 50, and uh, one of the gifts of being 50 is I get to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It's just amazing. And, uh, and the other gift that I have is a basset hound who uh, doesn't think he can make it through the middle of the night either. And so um, we, we get up in the middle of the night, and I built this waterbed when I was a sophomore in high school. It's no longer a waterbed, but we still have our, our uh, mattress in it. And so I like sleeping with it completely dark. And, uh, and so, you know, when I, when, when I got to get up, I, I, I get out, and, and I know, you know what, I don't want to round the corner at the end of the bed too soon because there is a two-by-ten right there, and it's going to meet me right at the knee area, and that's not going to be good. So I need to go a little bit beyond that, but I don't want to overshoot because sometimes my wife has these uh, drying laundry racks, and if I overshoot it, there are these wire racks, and, and, uh, and it's perfect to catch your right in, inside your pinky toe right on that. And so that's really not good. So if you hit the sweet spot, if you hit the sweet spot and kind of navigate in between there, then you can get over to the door. Now, now you're just hoping that the door is either closed or completely open, but not halfway, because, you know, halfway is like, poof. You know, right in the forehead, and that's not any good. And so you get the door open, and then there's this door jam. You got to navigate through that because you don't want to kick that. And uh, and then we have, you know, our bathrooms clear on the other end of the house. So we got to get past the couch and in between the couch and the table, and we're navigating there. And then the, we have this. It, it's a perfect spot for this bench, but it's also a perfect spot to hit your shin and on this bench, and so you want to go a little bit left of that. And, uh, and, and, and if you do all of those things, I'm just, you know, you're golden. So to help us have confidence that we need and the security that, we're, that we need, that we're going to be able to do this effectively, we have placed a light it's, it's a nightlight. It, it provides enough light for us to be able to have the confidence and the security to be able to navigate the obstacles. And see, this is the way God's peace is. He, the light doesn't remove the obstacle. The light doesn't remove the bed. The, the light doesn't remove the, the drying rack. The light doesn't remove the doorway. The light doesn't remove the couch. It doesn't remove the bench. It just helps us navigate along the way. And that's exactly what God's peace does. It doesn't remove the stress of life. Jesus said, I promise you, you're going to have trouble in this life. It's not the removal of trouble and stress. It's his peace that, that goes with us and helps us navigate this confidence and this security as we go through the struggles of life. All right, you can put the lights back up. See, 
I don't know if you've ever seen someone that navigated extraordinary circumstances with unbelievable peace. Like, like the world can't, it's just like that, that is not of this world. That peace that you have, I don't know where you got that, but that's not of this world. I've been able, and that's one you know, nice thing, I guess, of being a pastor. I get this front row seat of some people that um, I get to watch some that don't have peace, and it's just heartbreaking. And I get to watch some who have extraordinary peace. I mean, I watched Rosalie Teterman, unbelievable peace. I watched Tammy Anderson, oh my gosh. Circumstances she faced and the peace, it's just, there's just no explanation for it. Billy Neverett, Randy Howard. Wayne Larson. I just, I think, you know, Joanne Jurgens, Ruth Brown. Some of those names are familiar to some of you, and you watched with your very own eyes. Them have a peace that was just unexplainable. Because it was a gift that they weren't striving for. It was a gift that they knew that their Heavenly Father had given to them. And they knew they weren't walking through it alone. My sister-in-law, who died of brain cancer. This extraordinary peace when she found out she had a brain tumor and and, and, and didn't know for sure if it was cancerous, and they had surgery, and found out it was cancerous. And they removed it, completely gone, and you're like, yes. Then a year and a half later, it comes back. They do surgery again, and they got, got it, but this time they kind of messed up her motor strip, and she was never able to walk right again. For five years, you're watching here and you're thinking, how could you have peace? It was a gift given all the way to the time where she left this life and embraced the Lord and the Savior who gave her the peace while she was here. You see, it's extraordinary when you see it. It's a gift that God wants to give to you. I don't know if you've ever accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I don't, I don't know if you've ever surrendered your life and said, okay, I'm done. I surrender. But the promise of his Holy Spirit is at the end of that surrender. The promise of his presence and his peace is there as well. So if that's something you've never done, then I want to invite you to maybe pray along with me. And this prayer is not magic. If it reflects your heart towards God, then help me bring some words to maybe what's going on in your heart and what you'd like to express to God. Would you pray with me?
Heavenly Father, I, I have been striving for this peace. And, and Eric's right. I, I have never found it. I, it. I've wondered if it even exists. That maybe this life is just a miserable miracle round and we can't wait to get off. So Father, I... I surrender right now. And I ask for forgiveness of my sin. And I thank you, Jesus, that you died on a cross for me. I'm asking you for the Holy Spirit to move into my heart, my life. I'm asking for the peace that you promised as a gift, Jesus peace of heart and mind. And I know that doesn't mean my troubles are going to go away, that you've promised this life has trouble. But remind me that you are with me. You will never forsake me as I walk through. And help me now to maybe make a different set of decisions in front of me knowing what I know now. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Crossing. Those of you online, if today is the day that you surrendered your life to Christ, would you tell me? Would you text me? Would you put it in the chat if you're online? We'd love to be able to reach out to you and help you with some next steps. Crossing, thank you for being an awesome church.